0: Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. My name is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be about Second Nephi chapter 17, which is also Isaiah chapter 7. So let's go ahead and get into this. I'm going to give you a little background here, first of all. <clears throat> One of the keys to understanding Isaiah is also to understand the geography of the area uh, that uh, he was from. At the, uh, you Notice in the heading to the chapter, it mentions Ephraim and Syria wage war against Judah, So it's helpful to know who that is. Ephraim obviously is the northern kingdom of Israel uh, and Syria was one of the countries that was fighting against Judah. This prophecy has a direct application for us although it was literally fulfilled when Assyria invaded ancient Israel. Assyria is a type and symbol of the warring nations that will exist in the latter days shortly before the second coming. The text provides a number of clues regarding this including Isaiah's fourfold Use of the formula in that day, a phrase that often pertains to our own day. Further, if we accept the Lord's sign of Emmanuel, in other words, if we accept Jesus Christ and his atonement, we will be protected during the wars in the last days. The central messages for us in the section are that we should trust the Lord's word that comes through his prophet rather than rely on the arm of flesh, and Judah's inhabitants should find comfort and knowing that a remnant of Israel shall be shall return to Israel as the Lord has promised. And that was from a book entitled Understanding Isaiah. Which I might add is really a good book about how to understand what Isaiah is talking about. Very helpful. <clears throat> Alright. Chapter 17, verse 1. And it came to pass that in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim. So this was the country of Assyria that was joining with the country of uh, the nation of of Ephraim, meaning the Israelites, the those of Israel that were in the northern kingdom. And his heart was moved, and the heart of his people as the trees of the wood are moved with wind. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shear Jashub Now this is a remnant that's going to return. Uh, Thy son at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. And say unto him, take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted for the two tails of these smoking firebrands or this smoldering wood for the fierce anger of resin with Syria and of the son of Ramalia. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, let us go up against Judah and vex it. And let us make a breach therein for us and set a king in the midst of it, yea, the son of Tabal Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. So the Lord is telling him here that even though these countries are joining together, it's not going to happen to, to be victorious over Israel or uh, over Judah. For the head of Syria is Damascus and the head of Damascus resin. And within threescore and five years Meaning sixty-five years, shall Ephraim be broken up, be broken that it be not a people. In other words, the northern kingdom is going to be taken captive in sixty-five years. <clears throat> and the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God, ask it either in the depths or in the heights above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. This prophecy has dual application. It refers to Isaiah's son, and it refers to Jesus Christ. Isaiah's wife was a prophetess, not a virgin, but she was to bear a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Or, this is a messianic prophecy. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and to choose the good. For behold, the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. In other words, uh, this child will be at the age of accountability. the land that thou abhorrest, meaning the northern kingdom of Ephraim shall be broken, earth shall be forsaken of both her kings. In other words, by the time this child is eight or before he is eight years old, uh, the northern kingdom is going to be overcome. Jeffrey R. Holland said that there are plural or parallel elements to this prophecy as with so much of Isaiah's writing. The most immediate meaning was probably focused on Isaiah's wife, a pure and good woman who brought forth a son about this time, the child becoming a type and shadow of the greater later fulfillment of the prophecy that would be realized in the birth of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the symbolism in the dual prophecy acquires additional importance when we when we realize that Isaiah's wife may have been of royal blood and therefore her son would have been royalty of the line of David." Here again is a type of prefiguration of the greater Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, the ultimate son of David, the royal king, who would be born of a literal virgin. Indeed, this title, his title, Emmanuel, would be carried forward to the latter days, being applied to the Savior in section 128, verse 22 of the Doctrine and Covenants. That was from Elder Holland. <clears throat> verse 17. The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. And it shall come to pass, and now notice this, in that day, meaning the the last days, that the Lord shall hiss or whistle for the fly that is in the uttermost part of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. The fly and the bee are referring to soldiers. They shall be everywhere in the kingdom of Judah. And from understanding Isaiah by Don uh, Perry, The Lord will signal or prompt the Assyrian armies, here referred to as bees, to come down to Judah. The Lord shall whistle to the bees is a symbol built on an actual ancient practice. For Cy- Cy- Cyrellus of Alexandria wrote about beekeepers who whistled to bees to get them to return to their hives. Verse 19, And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon all thorns and upon all bushes. That means that the army is going to be everywhere. Verse 20 In the In the same day shall the Lord shave with a razor that is hired by them beyond the river, by the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it shall be it shall also consume the beard. Those who were sold into slavery are shaved all over their bodies. This also means that no part of the land will be free. 21. And it shall come to pass in that day a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. These refer to the desolation that will exist after the Assyrian invasion and destruction. So that there's not a lot of uh, livestock that's left. And it shall come to pass for the abundance of milk they shall give, he shall eat butter. For butter and honey shall everyone eat that is left in the land. And it shall come to pass in that day, every place shall be where there were a thousand vines at a thousand silverlings, which shall be for briars and thorns. In other words, the grapes shall be thorns. With arrows and with bows shall men come thither, because all the land shall become briars and thorns. This prophecy was fulfilled when Assyria overran the land in 721 BC. And all hills shall, that shall be digged with the, with the mattock, there shall not come thither the fear of briars and thorns, but it shall be for the seed sending forth of oxen and the treading of lesser cattle, which means that the land won't be good for much except for uh, grazing for livestock. Uh, so this is the end of chapter 17. It uh, gives us an idea of some of the things that are going fa- to be happening. And that these are dual prophecies here about um, armies and battles in the last days. And this will be prior to the second coming. I bear testimony of the truth of this gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you like this podcast, share and like and all those other things. See you next time.